Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for today's returning guest. You've heard from her before. You guys have been eating up that episode. I get messages about it all the time. Emily, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Mads. I'm so happy to be here. And I I mean, honestly, that first interview that we did was one of my favorite interviews ever. And I still listen to it. Like, Me too. Me too. It's such a good episode. It was a great great interview. It was a great episode. So I'm really happy to be back. I'm excited to go part two. We can go deeper. Oh, we're going so deep today. Guys, Emily and I are going to be talking about something that's, I want to say, pretty new in the field of spirituality and metaphysics, would you say, Em? Yeah, I mean, I only learned about it like, you know, late last last year or mid mid last year, I should say. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we're diving into today galactic astrology, and I'm sure we're going to go on several other tangents. And the, there's things when I saw my galactic report, I was like, oh, and this and this and this. And I was like, I need to talk to Emma about yeah. <laughs> Um And the the fun thing with you guys and for me, honestly, is that Em actually has my galactic astrology report, and she's going to be breaking it down for me, which is new because although I am vulnerable with you guys on this podcast, I don't think I've ever been that vulnerable. So this is kind of <laughs> fun and like... We're getting into it. Um, yeah, I know showing people your chart is like, there, there is a certain level of vulnerability there. It's like, you know, there's so much encoded, beautiful information. There's like a certain like offering up of, you know, yeah. soul, like bearing your soul when you give someone your chart information. So thank you for trusting me to look at yours. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, between that and the spirit babies thing and like just the things that we talk about, you know, outside of of these episodes. Uh, I trust you for sure. And uh, if you guys hear any jump cuts, because I've learned something that I'm not willing to be intimate with (laughs) in this episode, which I think will be fun. I'm trying not to do any editing. We're going to practice vulnerability. My eighth house Mercury is trying (laughs) really hard. Um, But yeah, um, let's, uh, let's jump into it. Tell us about it. Okay, so I'll give a little background information first, just for anybody who is new to the concept of galactic astrology. So basically, um, well, I'll first tell the story of how I discovered it, and then I'll kind of give the background info. So um, I, in this was in, I think it was like September or October of last year, just going about my day. um, And my mom actually was like, hey, I found this podcast, I think you'd really like it and sent it to me. And I was like, Oh, what is this galactic astrology? I was like, cool, never heard of it before. Um, I was like, what this what is this all about? And so then got connected with the person who created the software that we're going to use to look at um, your chart and just the software that I've been having so much fun playing with, which you don't necessarily need the software to look at your galactic astrology chart, but it certainly makes it easier because there's so many, oh, there's, I mean, there's so many fixed stars. That's the thing is that, yeah. you know, if I don't even know actually the the exact number of how many fixed stars there are that are even visible, you know, in the Milky Way galaxy. galaxy. I'm sure there are literally millions. Yeah. Um, there are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the software just kind of helps narrow things down and give us basically a greater perspective, which I'll explain in a moment. So um, anyway, so this woman, you know, in the podcast talked about how she had been doing QHHT, quantum yes. hypnosis 
healing technique um, created by Dolores Cannon for many years. And as she was doing that, she was asking people for their birth information um, before they would go into the hypnosis. And then people would regress down and go into past lives. And a lot of the times mm -hmm. they were going into past lives on other planets and other galaxies and other dimensions as non-physical beings and this sort of thing. Yep. And so then she started kind of tying the information that she found in these QHHT sessions and relating them into the astrological birth chart. But then yes. she went a step deeper and started looking into, um, okay, how does then the astrological birth chart, what does that look like with kind of alignments to different fixed stars in, in Milky Way, Milky Way galaxy and beyond. And okay. then started finding all these connections between what people's experiences were like in the QHHT sessions and then what actually was showing up in the galactic astrology birth chart. Oh, okay. Yeah. Love that so much. Yes. Okay. It's so really interesting. It is. It's, yeah. it's so cool. So that's how she kind of like started this. So then she went at basically her woman, this woman's name is Julia. So then she went into this kind of whole exploration of, you know, uh, galactic astrology and the different star systems and how it interfaces with the birth chart. And she created this system, basically, she created this formula, which I'm kind of loosely using to interpret the chart today. You know, I think with any kind of any modality, like astrology or human design, I think it's very natural for the person, especially if they're, you know, some sort of channel to kind of put their own intuitive spin on the thing yeah. um so you know there are some parts of this that are like my interpretation of what i feel is kind of going on but basically her kind of um what she is proposing is that in the birth the birth chart as we know as i'm sure you you educate yeah. your audience on all the time is that it is this very cosmic blueprint it is yeah. so informative there's so much information in the birth chart um, that can tell us about our soul our past lives our mission you know all of these different elements um of you our personality you know the the avatar and the personality the avatar that we chose to come into in this life so there's so much there um but then she also kind of proposes that we can look at this galactic astrology chart to basically show us the journey of our soul mm -hmm. um in in incarnations, physical incarnations in the Milky Way galaxy outside of Earth. Um, so which planets did or, oh. or star systems did we have physical incarnations in the Milky Way galaxy outside of Earth? Because okay. of course we know that Earth is not the only place that of we course. can it's just yeah. one of those, you know, many opportunities. So yes. That's basically what it is. I it's so interesting and I'm excited to hear like what you, you know, channeled through my chart and what you've seen because I remember my I remember not all of them because there's obviously like an infinite amount of incarnations, but like yes. I remember being an Arcturus and Pleiades. Pleiades feels more like a, a work assignment though, not like an incarnation. It feels different. Mm -hmm. um, I remember- and That actually shows up in your chart. That actually shows up in your chart. That ah. it looked like, like it, it was more kind of like you were sent there and I yes. you, were, you were sent there to work. And so it wouldn't necessarily show up in your chart as like a physical incarnation per se. Okay. But time they're teaching and stuff like that right so it makes it that yeah. shows up oh okay okay let's let's go into it I'm just curious I could talk about this for hours so okay, let, me, let me pull it up so basically just before we fully dive in so basically the way that we look at the chart is we look at the outer planets first so we're looking at Pluto Neptune Uranus Saturn um, and we're starting with Pluto which is basically in this woman's kind of system which I I tend to agree with because I feel that it resonates for me and I've seen it resonate for everybody whose chart that I've looked at um, right. is that the Pluto any Pluto alignments alignments to Pluto basically show us where our soul first came into physical incarnation in the Milky Way galaxy. Right. Now, um, 
you know, there, of course, we could have been non-physical in other places and other mm -hmm. times and, and this sort of thing. But this is like physical. You're coming into some sort of vessel. And so for you, you have your Pluto in Sagittarius, five degrees Sagittarius in the seventh house, which I'm sure you know. Yes, um, my son. Yes. Um, my Pluto, son. it's conjunct my son. Sorry. Yes, it's conjunct yes. my son. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, that's right. Because your son is in the seventh house too, correct? Yeah, two degrees. Yes. Seventh house. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so you have your Pluto, uh, opposite a star cluster called Hades, um, specifically opposite, um, star, the, the planet in the star cluster Hyatt one, um, with a 0 0.24 degree orb. So pretty tightly, um, opposite the, your Pluto. So we could say, and, and we could say that this is where you first came into physical incarnation. And because there's seventh house themes here, um, what I, like my first hit when I saw that, like, okay, your Pluto being in the seventh house opposite Hyades was like, you were coming in to, you know, being non-physical or doing your other work, doing your teaching work, doing your soul, you know, kind of, um, your, your spirit guide type work. Yeah. Um, we're interested in taking physical incarnation to basically experience or have an experience in relationship with, with other people, whether that oh. is, um, you know, a romantic relationship, like I could actually see, I could, I kind of felt like you were coming in to actually have like t twin flame type, like, ah, okay. like coming in with a soulmate to meet a soulmate, um, to yeah. be, in be in union, to be in harmony with other beings and other people and to mm -hmm. kind of have that like harmonic relationship there at that time. It was almost like, I can't get this non-physical. And so right. I want to come have this physical in this first kind of incarnation experience that's what stood out to me that makes sense so for those of you guys listening I have looked at my galactic astrology report before and I got some downloads but I'm not well versed in the system so I'm not exactly sure what things mean I just channeled you know my higher self and I remembered Hyades and I was telling M before we started recording that I would stargaze and like all winter long I was stargazing and every time I would look at the sky I kept hearing Hyades 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 and I didn't really know anything about Hyades. And I was like, what the fuck does this star want with me? Like, and it felt whenever I looked at my chart and I looked at the Pluto aspect, I was like, oh, it feels like home, like family. And I, I feel like that was and even in the non-physical form, like there's, there's groups of units that we're very, very closely related to, but this, I think on like a deeper level of my soul felt like a, like a, a very, very, it just felt like family on the completely like different level. And interesting that you say like soulmate connection and like experiencing romantic love I think that was a really big driving factor I think I don't know if my soul is like a hopeless romantic or me and the human self is hopeless <laughs> romantic but I love a good love story you know like so yeah it completely resonates it's yeah. and I I started getting downloads too about Hyades and like what it looks like and like just everything, a super protected place. Like it's like, yeah. it's like almost um, like veiled is kind of how they explain it to me. Like this yeah. place is veiled. You won't know about Hyades unless you're meant to know about Hyades, which is like weird. And then they just showed me a lot of blue and like, they're not, it's not metal buildings like it is here, but like they're, they do have cities from my, under, like from what they were showing me. And it's like, just like massive, like skyscrapers, but like glass. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yep. Oh, totally. Yeah. Almost super, like, Stanford. yeah, yeah, yeah. Super futuristic, super harmonious. Just like, honestly, like really excited to go back <laughs> to BH. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Can, and that's actually, I should look at that too and see like, cause that's the thing, right? Is that a lot of us, that's something that I found too, is like when we take our first physical incarnation and we kind of have, so let's say you, you know, you had this in Hades, but then a lot of the times it won't show up in the chart again since then. And so that is like, a, and that actually is true in your chart. It doesn't show up in your chart since then. So that's a perfect example of like the soul, you know, has this kind of origin experience in a specific star system in a specific planet, a specific place, but then it has to go out and have, you know, all of the learning adventures and things that, it, you know, it has to go here and here and learn from this place and this race and yeah. and it'll go to earth and then it'll come back and it'll go you know yeah. so you know, interesting like I, that would that actually makes sense to me that you see that and it's like oh my god that's home especially if you haven't been able to like go have another physical incarnation there since your first one. Oh yeah I haven't I've I've been in a couple of places but especially especially between earth incarnations I've been doing a lot of work like a lot of like the soul contract work and like helping yes. souls prepare for other incarnations like I've been working for a minute. I feel like you can relate to that too. Oh yeah, no, I totally. And that's actually really funny you say that because that was the first thing that I felt like without even really looking at the details and the specifics of your chart. I'm just like, well, it's actually like you've had your own personal like, you know, incarnations and assignments, yes. and things, but then it also feels like those are less in comparison to all of the different kind of like, you know, for humanity, for the collective, for yes. the collective of planet earth for all the like the universe you know this all of these things that yeah. you're, you, they've been keeping you busy and so it's like you haven't been able to go back home you haven't been able to maybe ha like you know go like have beautiful harmonious incarnations in other places and just enjoy like you've been busy i've been working, I've been yeah. working. Yeah. yeah and I it's it's funny that you mentioned that too because i've been really connecting like more deeply lately and um, I had done the replay of Superconscious Conception a couple of weeks ago. And I went in and was like in that like kind of like astral projected state with my higher self. And we were just kind of talking on our own about like why I came to earth, like why I started coming here. And it's never been for me like to come to earth of all fucking places to have an individualized incarnation. It's never like it's just it's really never been about that for me yes of course there are personal benefits and things that I've learned individually but it's been for work and so this yeah. whole like work energy maybe that's why I'm a bit of a workaholic here um. yeah. you've, got your, you've got your MC in Capricorn right like yeah that, it's like that is very you're here you're here to do your do a job really yes. You have been doing a job as you've been kind of traversing through, through yes. the universe. So, so then we have you've got your Heidi's, and we also have um, we have if you kind of keep traveling through the planet. So we would move to Neptune and look at your Neptune. You've got um, Neptune opposite a planet um, in Canis Minor called Procyon, um, yes. which is which is interesting. I don't I haven't tuned into Procyon a ton. I probably should, but um, it shows up actually in a lot of people's charts and so it's certainly it's very interesting that's um 10th house so again like that's just like to me I'm looking at that okay so you had this like you you took your incarnation you you came to you know have physical experiences with home with family and relationships soulmates etc and then it was like okay off to work and like with that yeah. 10th house energy it's basically like okay so then you went and you had a mission and you were doing something um on Procyon you were helping to do something there yeah. um and it looks like you take a little break. So whether this is you go back to being non-physical for a while, you're kind of working in a non-physical form, doing yes. your, your your spirit guy work. Um, that's that's that actually that's tenth house too. When we look at to your honest, that's in your tenth house. So yes, same thing. Um, you're still working. Yep, yep. <laughs> still doing the job. <laughs> 
you have a ton of like 10th house energy. It's, I it's, do. You do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then we look to your Saturn after that, your Saturn is in the 12th house, like me, girl. Ooh. Um, and <laughs> you have your Saturn conjunct uh, planet in Andromeda galaxy called Alpharats. This is a really interesting one. And you actually have a lot of Andromedan energy in your, in your chart here too. You also have Andromeda conjunct your ascendant um, in the first house, a planet mm. in the galaxy called Almach, um, which I, I actually- know Almach. Yeah, you do? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, and we'll talk more about that in a second because the planets, um, or the, sorry, the, the alignments that are, um, connected to your sun, moon or rising, um, in this system, it's basically like, those are more recent kind of soul experiences. So that would sort of be like what your soul was up to, like maybe before this earth incarnation or right before this inc earth incarnation, basically. So you were doing okay. some, some sort of work in Andromeda galaxy, um, at certain, yeah. like at several points throughout your journey. For sure. So I remember seeing that in my chart and I kind of like tuned into that as well. And um, it's not like very like incarnation esque. It's very like work, right? Kind of like you're saying. And um, Andromeda is super advanced. They're like neighbors to us, right? In the Milky Way. They're really, really close together. And we take a lot of uh, wisdom from them. And so I kind of like went back into like my memories and was like, Hey, what was I doing in Andromeda guys? Like, and it was a lot of, um, pulling and listen, I am not technologically inclined in this physical <laughs> incarnation, but it was actually a lot of research, um, looking at different, um, like ecosystem structures, but also like technological systems and like how they adapted that over their, it was like a research period. I felt like I was kind of like a PhD student. That was kind of the vibe that I was yep. getting. Yes. Very human way of putting it, but like, that's what it felt like, like going researching and then taking that information and working with a team here, yeah. quote, like not earth, but like in our galaxy to bring forth some sort of advancement with a team, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's what that, I mean, that's what it's, it's, like that's what it's all about I mean how they work and you know and that's really like if you think about it on a macro level like that is really what all of these beings and energies yeah. and this is what the entire universe is trying to do is to help us get earth up to speed basically yeah <laughs> let's go Gaia <laughs> come <Yeah>. on <laughs> a big project and it's you know there's a lot of energies on a lot of like I mean so many moving parts to getting this yeah. you know getting this project moving and of course it's not the only like project and the entire you know universe but it's a big project and it's certainly a project that you know is um needing a lot of our focus and attention and that's why so many of us are here right now yeah, literally so, literally yeah. I have a, a question for you just based on earth. Cause this is something that I haven't been able to like fully decipher. I haven't really looked into it too much either, but um, I know earth is the only third dimensional planet in the Milky way, but is it in the entire like quadrant of our universe? Like, is it, or is it just like, are there third dimensional planets in like Andromeda? No, but like, I think in this quadrant of the universe, I think it is the only third dimensional planet. I think it is, it's, eh? yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's, we're working to, and that's what I was going to say, like, we're working to get earth up to speed and take it to the dimensional frequency of all of the other, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's, spaces. that's what I was wondering. Okay, cool. Thanks for the confirmation. <laughs> okay. So what else do we want to look at? Um, so yeah, you definitely have a lot of Andromeda 
energy here. You've got like, you know, this project here, Alpharad's Andromeda. I also caught my attention. You have quite a few little connections, not little, you have quite a few connections to Sirius A. Um, you have your Mars opposite Sirius A in the ninth house. So again, that does still feel like a project there. You are kind of going to collect, yes. going to help, going to serve, and then bringing that. It's almost like I see you almost like, um, when you are having physical incarnations, it's like, yeah, you're going, you're kind of like picking up an energy and then carrying it to the next place, yes. dropping it off, picking up an energy, carrying it to the next place, dropping it off, going non-physical, taking everything that you've kind of accumulated, passing that on to the beings who are coming. Like yes. you're kind of this little like um, collector and this research. <laughs> yeah, well, scientist, researcher is very much the vibe for sure. Yes. Um, with so, with Sirius A, when I, it felt like a lot of... Um, like board meetings is kind of how it feels like because they're really big in the like galactic how do they call that in mainstream spirituality um you know the galactic council yes uh yep. it felt very like related to that yeah yeah, yeah. totally that makes sense um and then what else um so yeah you had some good series a stuff you have a little bit of a, you've got some orion experiences here um eight your mercury is opposite quite a few planets in orion which makes sense because um all a lot of the um stars or a lot of the fixed stars in Orion are very close together. So, you know, your your opposite Mintaka, Almalam, Mesa, Alnatak, or and the Orion Nebula. Um so that was of interest to me. I thought that, you know, and Orion, I'm I don't know how you channeled into it, but my experience of it is like it's gone through it's gone through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's um it's the um I when I gave my master class last year, it was one of the the places where there's an earth training school and there's like a lot of like earth incarnation training that takes place in Orion. And I was explaining to my students in this masterclass how it's like, you go to Orion and you pretty much have to basically, from what my soul remembers, pass an incarnation in Orion because it is extremely similar to the conditions that you're going to experience here. Yes. With a few interdimensional technicalities. So <laughs> my relationship personally with Orion is like, they're very hard headed, which mm -hmm makes sense given the structures and the systems that are happening on Orion right now. And it's not my like favorite place to be. I remember being there, um, doing a lot of work and just like thinking in my, well, just thinking, I don't know if I had like a full body or anything, but I was just like, oh my God, they just, they don't, they're not receptive. Like they're just at least whatever work I was doing, I'm sure maybe in some places it's a little bit better, but they are a very polarized system. So yes. Yes. Um, well, and the thing that is interesting that I've found out about Orion too, is that it's easy for people. So just like, you know, when people come into the earth incarnation cycle, um, there's many ways to get stuck, you know, yes. there's, ways, there's many ways to get trapped and to get confused and to get disoriented and to forget why you're here and to get yourself mm -hmm. all mixed up in all types of karmic, you know, yes. <laughs> situations. Yeah. And similarly, it's the same with Orion, you know, it that's is. like you get kind of trapped within that incarnation cycle and you kind of have to figure, you know, you have to like navigate your, your way out. And so a lot of people I find who, and again, I don't actually think you had an incarnation there. I think you were, no, more it was there. work. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but it's almost, and I actually almost kind of feel like you were maybe helping um, non-physically as well, beings of Orion, kind of like try and navigate out of the, you know, trapped sort of clusterfuck, you know, mind control situation, um, mm. low, low frequency kind of uh, situation. So, but that's the thing is that, you know, that, that I, my experience has been is that a lot of people can get trapped in that kind of Orion incarnation yes. as well. I also feel too, though, that there are some, um, uh, like planets in the Orion star system that have kind of like made it through the challenge and have kind yes. of gone frequency. Now that's, that's been my experience now where there's still like definitely the low, you know, frequency density kind of energy there, but there yeah. are some that have kind of passed, surpassed that and come. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen that as well. Um, but the ones I've been to for work assignments is. <laughs> it's very, yeah, it's very. It's not. <laughs> you know, what's interesting too. I've, I've, um, somebody, there, there was somebody that I was working with, or I don't know where this, where this is coming from, but basically that somebody had been having, um, past life, what they, what they didn't realize were past life memories somewhere on Mm -hmm. Orion. And they kept saying like, it's like, it feels like hell. Like, it feels like I'm in hell. They they were like in, you know, yeah. And then it was real. It's like, no, it's actually, that's just like the planet. That's the energy of that planetary system. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's like, there were parts that I remember going to, like, it was like war torn, essentially, like just like absolute chaos and destruction, like, like kind of like sneaking in, doing work and sneaking the fuck out kind of vibes. Like, not yeah. that I, not that you really have to do that. Cause you have the right to be there. It was just, uh, it was just like a be quick kind of vibe. Yes. Um, with that, you're saying that has an aspect with my my Mars, my Mercury. Which one? With, you have um, it has an aspect with your Mercury, just just your Mercury, um, and eight connected to eighth house. And there's quite a few planets there, like Mintaka. And again, I think this is kind of like you're traveling around to all of these different planets. So Mintaka, Alnilam, Mesa, Alnitak, and the Orion Nebula, which is not a planet, but um, it's a point of interest. So. So would that be impacting then? Cause my, my eighth house Mercury is in Sag, especially it's like just the very intuitive, like very connected. It's a very connected aspect. Would that have anything to do with the channeling in that information? Or is it more like, this is why my psyche has a bit of a tough time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's probably a blend of both actually. Right. Um, okay. I think it's yeah. The, I mean, Mercury in the eighth house, like that's such a that that's 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 like such a powerful powerful placement. Like you're bringing. Yeah. I kind of see that as like. Um, do you have any other planets in the eighth house? You've got your no Mercury twenty third degree, so galactic center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that to me, I mean, and then that being kind of connected to this Orion energy, it's it's almost like if you think about it, like you saw kind of, or you had to help the beings there help, you know, help, but you were working there doing what you were doing for a period of time and, you know, picked up a lot, learned a lot. And I think that if we think, if we think about, you know, Orion and earth, kind of, like you said, there's a similar sort of energy there. We can get trapped in that sort of incarnational cycle that you had, that placement is like that because you're kind of bringing through, you're pulling through like a wormhole, that sort of like pulling through, through the portal, that sort of information, um, or that kind of like code of like, this is how we do it. This is how we navigate out of this this is how okay Okay. that makes sense this is how we ascend this is how we change that you're kind of pulling that through maybe from some of your observations or your work in orion um and then that's kind of with that mercury eighth house you're kind of like pulling it through and putting it working with it here that makes sense with my work here with soul amnesia and like helping souls kind of get out of the soul amnesia um 
the solemnesia is quite uh, apparent in Orion as well, which is why people get kind of sucked yeah. into it all. Yeah. So yeah. Totally. Okay. Weird. So, so the other, the last thing that I want to talk about um, is all of your connections with something called the supergalactic center. Yeah. So you have your moon conjunct the supergalactic center. Um, there's, I believe you had six total alignments with the supergalactic center. So Shit. that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I'd be curious, like your experience in this, but my experience of these cosmic points, like the galactic center, super galactic center, the great attractor, the Shapley attractor, um, these are basically cosmic, po they're cosmic points. They're not planets, just for anybody who's, who, who um, hasn't heard about them. They're actually very fascinating looking into them and like looking at pictures of them. It's just like, <gasps> so beautiful. they're so beautiful, but yeah. basically what they are. Um, and I think, I think that astronomers and, you know, people who study the, the stars in the sky are starting to recognize that these are, these cosmic points are actually technically supermassive black holes. They're black yep. holes. And what you know this it's funny to like see scientists try and like you know and, and and astrophysicists and these kind of people try and like wrap their heads around the fact that these black holes are black holes are actually portals that if you were to go through a black black hole you would enter basically into another dimensional experience and yes thing that you know that i learned too is that you know the black hole is kind of just the backside of another sun perhaps you know if we went through right. that we yeah Anyway, so the fact that you've you've basically used this um, supergalactic center portal to kind of travel dimensionally, um, you know, interdimensionally travel tra traveling in this galaxy, but then you'll go you'll go out, and then you'll yes. kind of come back, and then you'll go out, and so that's also speaking to just your work, the work that you're doing, not just within this you know this system and this place, this. Yeah. this the, this, this part of the universe that we're in but then you're also traveling out and kind of going and doing your work in different places too and kind of then but you always you keep coming back here because there's a lot of work to be done here which which we know so I yeah. thought that was really interesting too no it makes sense because I oddly enough remember going through it like I can't tell you what it felt like I just remember it just kind of feels like a zoop like yep. zooping and zoop out. um very very bright though so it's like odd to me that they're represented by black holes in like the way that the the human technology is viewing them and maybe that is exactly how they look but for me it was always just like bright like a, a bright explosion of light oh, yeah. that I moved totally. through. yeah that's um, the fun part of a lot of black holes too is they're always light to me too it's like they just yeah. like but once you're in them and you're traveling through them it's very bright it's and it's, but it's very quick too like it doesn't it just is it just whoop, like it's just very quick Yes. Um, yeah, I remember kind of going in. I remember more specifically coming in through it. And then I've been in the Milky Way for like a minute now. Like it just, I haven't gone back out. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I remember it. Is there any link with Arcturus? Because I remember Oh, okay. I yeah. was like that. I, I remember Arcturus. There is, yeah. You have, um, y your Mercury sextile Arcturus, um, uh, yep. very, very closely, very, very okay. tightly. Um, you also have your MC directly square Arcturus, like directly, directly, directly. So no it's shit. Like directly square. Yes. Um, so wow. there's definitely something there too. It's like, I'll, I'll send you the screenshot of this, of this, mm. uh, alignment it's very it's like exact it's exact which we know you know when something's well, I'm sure you know it's like you know something being directly conjunct or the exact degrees it's like there's a very powerful energy kind of traveling through there and so to me as I'm looking at this Arcturus being square your MC I mean again that's your work <laughs> it <laughs> that's, is that's you you know you're you're perhaps you picked up a mission um 
during uh, an experience you know, in Arcturus, whether you had physical incarnation there or you were non-physical there. I mean, a lot of the Arcturian energy is like non-physical, you know, yeah. that's, that's the thing, but, um, you picked some, you picked up a mission there and this is more recently too, um, kind of in your soul history. So yeah, it's definitely there. It's definitely, what's been your experience with Arcturus or your memory? Oh my God. I fucking love it. They have, I will say the best sunsets I've ever seen in my entire life. They're all purple, completely purple. Like, shades of purple at least the majority of them and like I remember just like a quick little story on that I remember being in like a lucid dream once on this planet in my hometown and I remember looking at the sky and it was a purple sunset that like just not the kind of purple sunset we get on earth like just it wasn't it and I remember in my dream being like oh my god it looks exactly like on Arcturus like what's going on here and then I woke up and I was like yeah cool um but in terms of work I remember this so this is like eighth ninth dimension-esque energy and I just remember being with a group of like how I could humanly describe them as like mathematicians and scientists and like coders basically and we were kind of looking at these like curved big holographic screens basically and we were looking at different um this was before world war ii which had a lot to do with my incarnation during the second world war And we were kind of looking at like different anomalies and different timelines that were available for the earth. And we were kind of basically like strategizing like, okay, like where, what is most likely to happen and like what is going on? Obviously there are experiences where earth never experienced world war two. And like, obviously we we understand that, but we were looking specifically in terms of like this um, earth that we are on now, this one particular dimensional track and kind of trying to um how do you put that into words kind of just trying to mitigate like how the fuck it was going to be dealt with because and this is like this is like tens of thousands of souls working on this like like groups of souls like it was a massive massive orchestration to try and like mitigate the damage that was going to be done um and then I'm not exactly sure what we concluded with that, but there was some coding there were I just remember like someone else like basically coding in these um they are showing it to me now as like, um, you know, like when you're on the highway and you're driving, there's like cement block pillars because they're doing construction to like block it off for yep. the lanes. They're basically showing me that at like these these variable points in this linear construction of time for the earth that just kind of like, I need to choose my words carefully because it was catastrophic. Um, but basically just to kind of um, reorient Yes. Things after the fact is how I'm going to leave it. Um, And then shortly after that, for some, you know, reason, I decided to incarnate during the war and and tackle it whilst physical. Yeah. While physical. Yeah. Which is a big, I mean, that was an incredibly, incredibly, not only difficult, but also very pivotal and very intense time to be in a body. Um, Oh, yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. a, a tough one for, I, I can feel like, and I can see or, and every time you talk about it, I can like see into it. I'm like, damn. Oh yeah. I remember like the full scope of my death, how it happened. I remember they've heard it already on the podcast. There's an episode yeah. about it and it's, uh, <laughs> would not recommend, <laughs> would not do again. <laughs> but you, clearly you and, and the other energies that came in with you at that same, at that time. I mean, that was a very, that was a very important time. And I, I do yeah. feel that actually, you know, post-World War II, yeah, things could have gone, like, things could have gone a lot, yes. a lot differently than, they, yes. you know, there was a lot of, 
like you, you alluded to catastrophic, you know, events that were avoided and, um, yes. you know, timelines that were avoided and nuclear war and, you know, oh, the complete destruction of the planet and humanity as a whole completely avoided. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to say completely avoided because they wiped out a good chunk of yeah. humanity, but, um, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a tough time. Um, yeah. But it's certain, like there was certainly, you know, lots of lots of energies who were who were who who were coming in and you know furiously incarnating to try and change things from the inside out. So and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, shout out to to all of them because it was not a, like I just I say imagine, but it's like for other people because I remember, but like like just like imagine like if you're listening to this, like you're a soul, you're like, you know, you know you're gonna come to Earth and like completely forget who you are and you're going to come to earth with a very specific mission to help humanity and to help the direction of this timeline to be as like minimally fucked as it could be knowing you have to go and incarnate into this third dimensional body then remember yourself then remember why you came here and face that type of political socio-political yeah you know all yeah. the souls, all the souls that were here in love deserve absolute retirement from this planet. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You're like, we're tired. We did a lot. Mm-hmm. So what else in your chart? I think those were the main, like the super galactic center. You also have that sextile, like you've got it sextile your sun. You've got, like I said, you've got it conjunct your moon. Um, you have it, it's got an alignment to your North node, your South node. Um, you have it sextile Jupiter. Like you have this shows up so, so many times in your chart. It's trying your Uranus trying nice. um, neptune sex tell your pluto like it just is like you are just traveling in and out in and out in and out so cool um it. i'm just trying to see if there's anything else significant that i miss of course and i do just want to say for anybody listening like i could spend days and days and days and hours and hours and hours just with, with just one chart and so i'm just kind of skimming it for you know for, for yeah. time purposes but of course um, and also, you know, this is the thing too, is it's like, this is, um, there are only like the, the software only calculates for, I believe about, um, I think she's got like close to 70 or 80 fixed stars in the system. And of course okay. we there are so many, many, many more than that. She's yeah. just in the software. She just has like kind of the major ones, right. um, how those are interfacing with the chart. So, um, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else I want to point out you also have do you have any um connection with formal halt formal halt formal halt no i've never heard yeah so this would be a cool one for you to look into formal halt's one of the four royal stars um regulus is also a royal star no regulus okay yeah. uh, and then there's two other ones that i'm temporarily blanking on right now but there's the four royal stars are just like there's such a high frequency energy when there's alignment mm-hmm. to these planets i would look into formal hall it's um it is square your sun um so that would be kind of an interesting one to look at too in the seventh house um okay. formal hall, to tune into that one i feel like there's something there that also caught my eye okay. um bah, 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 bah. i think that's let's see you also oh yeah you had this nice lyra you had this nice conjunction your venus conjunct lyra which is a really nice one that may have been like and that's ninth house it probably was still work but it at least feels it feels enjoyable there um like whatever you were doing there it feels like maybe like you back and relax like a bit more than 
other ones. That one feels really nice, really like um, yeah. you were sharing knowledge, but also, you know, kind of learning alongside other people. That one feels really nice. That liar incarnation. Have you looked yeah. at that one? No, but I remember it. Um, well, ish. I can feel like the energy of it. Um, felines. Felines are incredible. They're um, very closely related to my soul origin type. And if we like kind of like go into that constructive, like you're, you know, starseed family origin, whatever, however people want to kind of go about that. So it was very like artistic and very just like so much music and sensuality. Um, and this was before the destruction of the planet. This was like eons before. Yes. yes. For those of you who are, you know, thinking of, of Lyra, uh, oh, it, just, it yeah, just yeah. does not really exist anymore because it's, they fucking and, blew the shit up out of them. Yeah. They just blew the fucking shit up out of the star. They've done that with a few planets, but uh, they do. They do. That's happened a lot. I mean, in in this solar system too, the planet that was between uh, Mars and Jupiter, I think. Yeah. Am I thinking of that right? I think so. There was originally, or yeah, I think it was a planet between. It was close to. It was it close to Mars's orbit, so it would have been between. Yeah, Mars and Jupiter. Yeah. Um. Anyway, there was a planet there too that got you know blown up and yeah, yeah that's that's and then there and then when you know planets get blown up there's refugee situations and all the beings have yes. to travel to other places and planets and so and that's the thing with this chart too is it's like you kind of have to if you're looking at your galactic astrology chart for the first time is you kind of have to tune into it and channel into it you're on your own like yes. you can have the one-dimensional information of like oh great my my son is conjunct you know pleiades but right. then you kind of have to go into it and sort of go okay well what what's the actual like soul history there why was i there and Yes. So the chart, the chart is just like a clue. And then you go deeper into it from there. And trusting like your own intuition on it, I think is like the key with a lot of, a lot of people who are going to look into this. Um, I'll leave the website link below. You guys can pull up your, your chart and kind of just get like a general little overview of it. But um, yeah, maybe you're working somewhere, maybe you're incarnating somewhere, maybe it's a bit of both, but yeah. oh God, I'm curious. Do we, have we shared any work assignments? Cause I feel, I feel like we've yeah. worked together for a while. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. It's funny you say that. I was thinking about that before we got on to just feeling like, I feel like we have had work assignments on, in and around Pleiades. What do you, what yes. do you, yeah. Yeah. I um, remember you in Pleiades from the, it was so weird. Cause a couple of, what it was a couple months ago, you messaged me. We were like, we were in the astral together with Lauren. Yes. And I was like, yeah, I remember seeing you guys there. We were giving a lecture to some new, well, I remember you guys were there while I was lecturing. I'm assuming you guys were lecturing too about, uh, what did I tell them? Oh, I basically told them in, in a very informal way of like, don't worry if you fuck it up because you can just do it again. <laughs> yeah, nice. That was, that was pretty much because like, I felt like they were like, they were like, they were youngins. Like it was just, it felt very young, the energy in that astral. So I feel like we've done stuff like that where it's like prepping souls because you with the spirit babies and getting them ready, me with soul contracts, getting them ready. I feel like there's just a lot of like crossing points. Crossover. Oh, mm-hmm. totally. Completely. It's almost like you, know, you pat like work with them and then you pass it with them and it kind of like you know, it's cool. It's like this yeah. passing off. It's yeah. interesting. I actually had a um I had a sometimes these energies will cut like these spirit babies these souls it's almost sort of almost like you know I'm working with them at different points in in their journey and um 
you know, not like, well, I'm out of my body at night, but then also there was a, there was one that came the other night while I was actually still technically like not necessarily astral traveling, but this energy came to me as I was kind of like half in half out of sleep and basically like, I'm about to be born, but I'm really scared. I don't know. I don't know how to like, how am I going to like, how do I do this? I don't know how to eat. I've never eaten before. Oh, oh, my baby. (laughs) And so this little boy was like, can you teach me? Like, can you show me? Like, I'm scared, you know? And so I was like doing this whole instructional with him the other morning of like, okay, this is how it works. And like, you're going to have to do something called breastfeeding. And like, this is how, like, this is how you get like, you know, like I was like teaching him how he was going to like come and eat. And so I have that, I've had that happen more and more of like souls who are about to be born and they're kind of like freaking out. Yeah. Freaking out. Like, can you just help me remind me how to do this? You know, or I've never done this before and I need your help. So I've had that quite a few times over the last few months and just like the other day. That is the coolest thing. Like that is like, I don't know, that just makes me so deeply like heart centered, emotional, you know, like that's such a beautiful, like we're so privileged to get to do this work. Like it's just, wow. Oh, I love that. And it's funny because it's always like, I always had this feel like when I was, um, when I was growing up, I always had this feeling of like, um, I was always like the teacher and like, it was like, okay, this is how you do it for all the other kids around me and like my friends and like, this is how you do this or like, okay, follow me. Like I'll, you know, I'll, I'll show you how kind of thing. But then also, like, I remember, you know, in times where, like, I was confused and I didn't know how to do things or I was, like, scared about an earth experience that I would have these, like, you know, these energies, these beings, these spirit guides in embodied and, you know, in physical form kind of come and they would, like, take me through the experiences, like, and they would be like, this is how you do it. Like, my first time, in, you know, when I had to go to court um, and then I had, like, my one of my spirit guides come in and actually take physical form and help me through the whole experience and then he just disappeared. He never, like, he never existed. He never existed. Existed. He gave me a business card and I called the phone number and they were like, this number has never been in service. Um, so like kind of like, that's uh, weird how they do that. Oh, I yeah. fucking love that. That's sweet. Almost yeah. like that. I wasn't a real, you know, like I wasn't like actually like a physical being having a physical experience. I just took on a form temporarily to, you know, come in and help you. So I think I that, that that energy, I always like it, like you, it makes me emotional too, of just like how, and if we really think about it, of how we're all really just assisting each other and helping each other through our soul journey and our ascension and earth's ascension. And when you really look at it that way, it makes you have so much more compassion for, you know, for other people, souls and spirit babies, or even just the people, you know, other adults that were here alongside. Um, It's like, we're all just here to support each other through our own, you know, souls experience. So anyway. No, it's so, it's so, so beautiful. And I think, you know, even I think the, the key thing too for everyone listening is like despite like having these roles that we have as mediums and guides and like we're doing that interdimensional stuff, we also get the privilege of having a very individualized incarnation where we literally get to do this on earth, which is like to me, I don't know, that's been like the trippiest thing for me like of like I think it was after the first time I taught in your collective, the just I was on like this spiritual high after and I texted Lauren and I was like, I can't believe I get to do this on earth. Like it's just fucking wild. It's so cool. Like, I know. It's so, it's so beautiful. And it's like, to, we're at this real kind of peak tipping point where so many people are actually, you know, like you, like you've said, they've 
the amnesia here can be really thick, but I think that so many people, I've seen so many people just like totally, you know, come out of their amnesia so much, especially in the last three years, which yeah. has just been incredibly amazing to see people who maybe have never had an awakening in any of their previous incarnations and they finally, oh, yeah. it, you know, and it's just so beautiful. It's like, wow. And they realize and they come into awareness and it's amazing. And I find lately, especially like I want to say like since last summer, I don't know what was going on with Lionsgate last summer, but there were some serious portal activations and like just crazy um, light codes hitting the planet. But people coming out of amnesia right now are doing it. I don't want to say flawlessly, but like pretty seamlessly, like they're doing it like quick and like, yeah. they're like, oh shit. And there's like this lack of like ego resistance of like, like yeah. yes, there's ego challenges of like, I feel ostracized. I feel like the black sheep and there's like those emotional mental aspects, but like in terms of like accepting what they're seeing, I find there's so much less resistance to what people are waking up to. And they're kind of just like, yeah, it fucking makes sense. Totally. And I think in many ways, like I, I completely agree. And I've seen that too. And it's like, you know, like it used to be like you come out and you would kick and scream and be like, no, yes. and shut down and then do it again. Like it, you know, very yeah. turvy, but I agree with you. It seems um, like there is a lot more just ease and how, how these mm. people are kind of coming out and how they're integrating and things like that. And I really feel that a big part of that is, of course, you know, there's the kind of energetic support of, you know, the, the continued raising of the consciousness on the, on the planet and the work that we're, that is happening there and the work that, you know, we've been doing as a collective. But I also just think like they're almost able to follow kind of an energetic track of you know the people like the the, the energies who awaken yes. them and yes. you know, kind of like not having to go into those same like you know like just like difficult yes. experiences after you wake in where it's sort of just like they can just jump right into the time stream and the energetic stream of like oh okay I can see this and I'm aware of this and this is who I am and this is what I'm here to do and um you know of course there's challenges and this is like a really these are really challenging elements of planet earth but I also feel like I can get, you know, I can move through it. Like I can do yes. it. It's not, you know, um, yeah. and of course it doesn't mean that it doesn't all, that it does for those people or anyone really that, that it doesn't sometimes feel difficult. It does for sure. Oh yeah. I think it's just, there's, it's difficult, but there's an acceptance of it and an acceptance of moving through it for sure. And I think you're spot on with it of like the path has been paved, like, we're going back like a long time now with the first couple of waves of star seeds. And now like with the mass awakening that's taking place, like the path is not just paved, it is paved, illuminated. And there are people walking with you. Like it is just, you just go, just fucking go with it. Um, and that makes me happy for them. Cause I know when I first came into some of the information, I was 13 and I was like, Nope, Nope. I don't want to like, it makes sense, but I don't want to right now. No, thanks. Right. Yes. Uh, me too. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it was, a. Uh, it was a while ago, but, um, yeah, I'm just so glad about that. And I'm curious to know if, if you have any insight on, um, the, a lot of the souls being born right now. So I know, you know, at one point in earth, you know, you came to earth to have a very individualized experience. It was kind of just to see, like, it's kind of like, I don't want to say like for shits and giggles. Cause like incarnation is a serious thing, but like, you know, like, let's just go see what happens. Like fuck around yeah, and yeah, with yeah. soul amnesia, you know, try but, it out. But, you know, since the first world war and kind of, well, since colonialism has been a little different, the, it's been, you know, very mission oriented incarnations on earth, but not all souls come for mission. Some come for individualized experience. So my question for you, Em, is 
what percentage of souls that are are incarnating and have been incarnating more recently are coming for individual experiences versus mission experience? Yeah. It's almost all mission experience. Yeah. Okay. For rare to to talk to a soul that has honestly, I haven't talked to a soul who has an individualized experience or looking to have an individualized experience in five years. Oh <laughs> like, wow! Oh chills. Okay, I love that. Yeah. That's not now that I can't talk to every single soul, obviously. So I'm sure there are still some, I would say if I had to put a percentage on it, the number that's coming to me right now is like 87 mission, 87% mission. And then the rest, you know, individualized experience, like that's, that's what it feels like to me. And, um, you know, I also feel that if those, if those souls are coming to have an individualized experience, also my experience, and this might be hard for some people to hear, but they're also not necessarily needing to stay for an entire you know, incarnation, like they're not staying here 80 years, they're coming to get what they're looking to get. And then they're maybe oh. exiting, you know, earlier, right. So that's also something that if if a soul is looking for that kind of experience, that maybe they're not staying for an entire incarnation versus somebody who's here to do a mission. Lord, help me. I'm gonna have a nice little conversation with my spirit babies later. That is not the plan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, and my God. Yeah. And that's something, right. And that's something too, like when you're in physical form and you think about that and it's kind of like having a child of having, nobody wants their child to, you know, to, to not make it until, you know, X amount of years. Um, but we also have to like go that this will has some sort of plan, you know, they have some sort of like ideal plan of like what they want to have an experience of. Right. And then it's like, yes. you get to the point where it's like, well, that's hard for the, the, you know, the parents or the family members or the siblings or the thing or the things like that. But then it's also like something that I've had to work a lot with too. And I've worked on this with my own children as well in spirit before they're here. Is it sort of like, um, really like respecting a soul's like, play, like what they want to do yeah. with their incarnation, even if we're like, Oh my God, no, why would you do, don't do that. Like, do, that's going to be horrible for everybody around you, you know? No. Yeah. Oh, I can feel the like overprotective mom in me just like coming out. I'm not a mom yet, guys, but I'm very connected with the souls of my future children. And oh my God, I, they'll tell you this because we have our thing booked, but they'll tell you this. I already give them so many fucking unsolicited lectures on choose your karma very carefully. If you can, don't come with karma. Like choose your experiences very carefully. Like if you don't have to choose this, don't like, there's really no reason for you to just fucking experience that for the sake of experiencing it. It causes trauma right. <laughs> and they're sitting there. They're like, Hey mom, hey. Hey, we've got it. Like we've got it covered. Like fuck off. Right. Like, oh. oh, that is, you know, devastating from like, if I embody, you know, future mom energy, but also like as someone who, you know, helps souls create contracts, super fucking efficient, just super fucking efficient. If I'm just going to, put it out there like for the soul to just go in do its thing come back like I know can't blame them I know but then again I get you or it's kind of like when you think about that too much or if you like you know if you get to like it's like oh my god that means that but and you know I think too also that they can that can that could that's not as um that's not guaranteed for every soul who's just coming in to have an individualized experience that some are like, no, it's good for them to have the full, you know, 80, 90 years of experience. And they're able to just soak up as much as they can and their time, you know, as long as their vessel continues to be, um, you know, or, or is mostly like healthy, then they can soak up as much as they can, which is with that amount of time. Um, but 
uh, oh, I forget what I was going to say, but anyway, you, and then I think also it can be negotiated too, where it's kind of almost like, well, you know, it's a contract, right? And so I'm going to be your mother and, but I need to exit before you exit. Like I can't be, That's, yeah. Oh, right. And so that can yeah. be negotiated too. Yeah, that is, um, I was going to say too, it must have a lot to do with like the, the soul-based connections on who they're incarnating with too, because, you know, for example, my birth mother and I, we are not like soul bonded and soul close. So like it would just, it, there's like, how do you say it in English? In French, like, like it just, it doesn't really matter. I get not, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as where my contract, with my dad is very soul bonded and very soul based. So there's like a very mutual kind like, it's really close. Like I wouldn't want to leave him before he yeah. would be ready for me. And I wouldn't want him to leave and he won't leave until he knows I'm fully ready. Yes. Um, so I feel like, would you say that that like the souls and the bond? Yeah. That has like a lot to do with it. Yeah. It has All right, a, that carries a lot of weight. Absolutely too. So that, and then I think that's like, right. So it's like you and this energy that we're talking about, it's like, you would already have that worked out for, you know, your individual needs and that soul's individual needs as well. Yes. And I, I, yes. And then, and their needs with dad, I just, I can, I can, they're sticking around. It's all good. It's negotiated. It's there you go. Drop the gavel. <laughs> Sign sealed, <laughs> delivered. I'm exiting before y'all are exiting and I'm not exiting until I'm in my nineties. So That's right. That's right. Stick around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, I come yeah. back to your question. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it's just a very, um, there's a, there's a, a very large need to have a mission oriented incarnation right now and so yeah. the energies that are coming in are really um reflecting that but then i think again there's still has, there's has to be a balance and so there are still these souls who are coming in individualized i just haven't talked to a lot of them yeah. um since you know a lot of them are just coming in mission oriented so and what would you say to people listening when they're like okay like i'm here i feel like i'm one of those souls who has a greater mission for humanity what would you tell them about figuring out what that is and how that might look for them? Like what, what does soul mission look like on the planet right now? Yeah. Such a good question. And I think the first thing is like, there was kind of a, I don't know if this was an agenda or what this was like a handful of years ago, maybe four or five years ago, but there was this like really heavy programming around like soul purpose and mission. And there was like this kind of disinformation campaign almost like where people just got really confused about what that meant. And started kind of like following different paths that other people were just like, Oh, I'm doing this. And the person would be like, that's my mission. And kind of like, Ah. it's just a confusing time for people um, in terms of mission. And I think that that kind of like confusion density energy has now passed which is wonderful and there's a lot of people who are kind of like and I think ultimately like if we look at that from a macro perspective it was really just a chance for those people as souls to kind of be like oh that's what it feels like to like you know basically like follow a false kind of you know narrative or somebody else's narrative or somebody else's plan for my life and then how to kind of actually get back into like soul you know alignment um so I think, you know, the first thing that I want to say is that, and I talk about this in the book that I'm publishing in the beginning of the month, that like there's different, you know, um, waves of energies and how these people are kind of putting their mission on the ground. And like some people, and Dolores Cannon talks about this too, of like some souls um, are literally just here to be like frequency emitters and transmitters of a specific frequency and lighthouses and like cell phone towers. And they're literally just here to like ping their frequency out to the planet to like then collect information and send it back up into the universe and collect and send it back. But then also to kind of transmit frequencies into the, the field of, you know, 
of planet earth and to the people around them and to the geographic location that they're in. So I think for some people like that can be really nice to hear because then it's kind of like, wait, I don't have to, or it can be hard to hear because it's like, wait, my mission is literally just to be, it's like to be the lighthouse and to be right. this transmitter of energy. Um, so I think there's like a large amount of people and a large amount of souls who are um, doing that in the book. They had, they had me call them the preparers, those souls, where they're basically like by the frequencies that they're admitting, they're preparing the way for, you know, yes. the future for the new earth, for the future generations and so on. And does that have a lot to do with the grid work? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Where they're, you know, they're, they're anchoring a specific kind of frequency into these different points in the earth and doing and, and working with it. Um, so those are the preparers. And then there's like more of this kind of activator energy where, you know, these are the souls who are really here to kind of, um, you know, tinker with the, the, you know, that it's almost like, I almost see them as like electricians where it's kind of almost like, okay, they have to go in and like tinker the wiring and they have Ooh. to like, you know, fix how the wires are hooking up to each other. And then they've got to turn the circuit back on. And once the circuit is back on, it's firing totally differently. And the electricity is circuiting totally differently. Um, but they're actually doing that very actively. It's not like behind the scenes, they're kind of almost like actively activating and working with this energy so these are the souls who are kind of like you know um and this can manifest in so many different ways but in my experience these are the souls who are like wanting to teach and they're wanting to educate and they're wanting to share information and channel and um and you know have a platform or have a podcast or you yeah. know the, or just like changing the systems like i think that um you know, people who are like in, in the government, government systems, but are like very much these activator energies. Yes. I mean, we're seeing a lot of them right now who are here to like change and shake things up, which is very exciting to me. It's finally, right. like, finally. and then people are paying attention to them too. Yes. Um, so uh, so there's those two energies. And then there are also, this is so funny, but this is like, this is how, you know, it's like channeled information that you get. <laughs> I can't for the life remember the name of the last category of souls, which is hilarious. Uh, the book I, on. Yeah. Um, but you'll have to, you'll have to read the book to find out, but there's another category. <laughs> there's another category of souls who are okay. Activators prepares. Oh, it's it's going to bug me now. So I'm just going to, I'm going to yeah. go find mind. it. It's okay. This happens um, to me all the time, honestly, where I'm like, oh, what was that term? It's not mine to keep. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, I didn't come up with it. It's, it wasn't, it wasn't me. Um, hold on. I watch, I'm not going to be able to. Okay. Hang on. We're going to find it. The document search on. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, Integrators, integrators, oh, yeah. integrators, and so then there's in, there's these integrator energies who are really after kind of and these energies haven't started incarnating too much yet. They're kind of on their way in. They're they they're here, but they're going to be coming more and more. Like after, after we talked about this on our last podcast, like post twenty twenty five, twenty twenty seven, these energies are going to kind of start the beta generation. Yes, yeah. this is when these are going to start kind of coming in. Um, in greater numbers, but these are the energies who are really here to kind of after like after there's been so much change and so much rapid change, so much transformation, so much, you know, ascension, really, essentially, these integrator energies are really here to be kind of like, okay, now let's like, make sure that everybody knows what they're doing. And like, right. you know, how to actually like function and thrive and, um, and all these things in, in these new energies. So I think to come back to your question, you know, 
just knowing that mission is certainly like, and this is one of the things that I got, I think got confusing for a lot of people. It's like, it's not, it doesn't always necessarily have to be like a work, you know, a work right. where you're kind of like, you can find a career that fits your mission. It doesn't work that way sometimes. And that's okay. Like where, you know, there's people who are like working as bus drivers or as baristas or, uh, you know, or as nurses or this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and like, that's their, you know, that's their job in, in the matrix. And maybe they're weaving some of their mission into their job, or maybe it's totally separate, you know, it's a totally separate and maybe their mission work is like totally while they're sleeping. And, you know, right. I think there's just like so many different expressions of what a mission can, can look like and feel like. And it's more about what I would say in my experience of mission is it's less of a, it's more of a feeling of it. Like, do you feel yes. like your soul is completing the, the mission kind of, um, foundational pieces that it came to complete um this is is does it feel like you are even if you're not actively doing anything so I think that's the thing with our human brain is it's like well what am I am I supposed to go out and like save the dolphins and the whales or like you know sometimes that is it yeah for sure yeah other things it's like less active than that and you can kind of just trust that you're on this like you know conveyor belt of your soul and that you know, you're going to be provided with opportunities to complete your mission. And that may not be the way that you think that that's going to happen. It could just be by right. with someone you interact with at the grocery store, you know? Yes. I think just changing like our kind of like he where our human programming can kind of get in the way of a mission because it's like, you know, you think about like you get an assignment on planet earth. It's like, you have to finish this homework assignment and then, you know, you have to like hand it into your teacher right. at 59 PM. It's, it doesn't work that like, it's, it's a different kind of thing, which I know that, you know, um, just for anybody who's kind of like confused on like, what do I do? What am I supposed to be doing? It's, it's, it's more of a feeling to me anyway. That makes complete sense. And I'm glad that you shared that because I think so many people hear purpose mission, they think career, like monetizing it. And I think, you know, it's so important. There's a statistic out there that the, the piece of one person offsets the, um, anxiety, the trauma of a million people. Like sometimes your purpose is to just show up and spread love because you have such a powerful amount of it. And that can be your purpose. I think that's the, like, I feel like everyone is here for that purpose, but like, you know, sometimes that's just like live your life and be, and be the happiest, healthiest, you know, loving version of you. And that's enough. I think the ego likes to really, overemphasize what it means to be of purpose and really likes to make it like you have to impact millions of people. But that one person, like I'm, I mean, you smile at a person on the street, like you could just like, that could change everything for them. You know, I've been on the receiving end and the giving end of that. And that changes everything sometimes for a person. Oh, totally. And I love how you say that. That's such a good point too, where it's exactly like, it's like, I think that people think to have a successful mission, they have to have like done a Ted talk and like published 17 right. books and like left this huge legacy, which of course, sometimes that can, it can happen that way. But again, like, I think so much of it is that, is that we forget about these micro moments that are just as much of a, a part of our mission as some of the macro yeah. moments, some of the defining moments of our life and our incarnation and the things that we do. Like exactly, like you said, those micro moments of like, you know, even like, I think as small, like this is how, just how small I think of like, I think of, you know, like you said, like smiling at somebody that you're passing by or striking up a conversation with somebody and like asking them what they're passionate about. Or if somebody, you know, oh. my favorite one is when I'm talking to people and they're like, oh yeah, and I have to do this. And like, you know, th these people said that I should do this and things like that. And then you just like hit them with like, why does that feel good to you? Do you want to do that? And they're like, no. 
and <laughs> see the wheels turning and their whole thing is changing and then the next time you see that person they're like just see you asking me that one why and like do I do you even want to do that change my whole trajectory I left my marriage I quit my job I relocated I started a whole new you know what I mean so I think yeah. that kind of ripple effect um and and something that I always think about too and that I always say is that in terms of the mission, when we're in this physical form, I mean, you may be aware of all of the, um, all of those micro actions or those macro actions that are contributing to your mission and to, you know, to, to, to contributing to the collective. Um, you may be aware of some of them, but you won't actually have a full kind of spectrum idea and look and understanding of all of the different ways that you impacted and affected the frequency and the energy on planet earth until you're out of your body. And yep. then you're being See, like holy shit like I was doing so much more than I even was aware of consciously which is just that's something you have to remember too and you will cry like when you see it like when you leave your body and you're in life review and you see that grid light up of everyone that you impacted and the change that you made and how things shifted and the timelines that moved and the things that fell together you are going to cry it is going to be the most beautiful it's my favorite part of life review it is my favorite part in all honesty. And even people who are like, I don't really feel like I did anything. And then you look and you're like, whoa, I did yeah. so much more than yeah. I thought that I did, you know? And it wasn't even about doing sometimes. Like, again, like I said, sometimes it was just about being and the frequency that I was sending out into a space. Or I was at a concert and, you know, I prevented, like, by my energy just being there, I saved five lives, you know? Right. Yep. Yep. So being in the right place at the quote wrong time, you know, or the right time to, to help someone. It's just, there's so many things. It's just, it's just, oh, it's so much bigger than the mind will allow you to conceptualize. So if you've been struggling with purpose and like figuring out why you're here, like Em said, go with what feels good and, you know, just be your most loving self and that you're going to have the impact. Like it's, you'll have it. Yeah. So you mentioned it a little bit. I want to talk about it. Your book. Yeah. Talk to us. Give us give us the juicy deets. Yeah. I'm so excited. And I can actually talk about the title now because it's kind of yes. out. There. So that's exciting. Um, so I'm publishing a book this um June. It will be out sometime in the first or second week of June. Still not entirely sure on the published date. That will be TV, but um, the book is called A Cosmic Bond, Communicating with Your Spirit Babies from Preconception to Birth. And it is an exploration of, first of all, the soul and why we're even here, you know, some of these topics that we've been talking about and, and why these energies are even kind of choosing to decide to incarnate on Earth right now. And just this exploration of fertility challenges and conception and how to communicate with your children consciously before they're conceived or while you're pregnant, it explores the history of birth in North America and just how, you know, far off track we've gotten. Um, <laughs> reclaim the sacredness of birth and then yeah. it also explores kind of you know these new energies as we talked about and and what's what they're coming in to do and ultimately how we can care for them because that's something I'm really um passionate about especially right now is just helping parents and families like care for these children once they're here it's like great you got them here you traverse through all of the, the difficulty of you know fertility challenges perhaps and things like that and you know you brought this child here and now they're alive and they're breathing and it's like how can you how can we really care for and love these very high frequency energies that are coming in so mission oriented as we talked about um they're coming in with a very specific very specific things to do for earth and 
how can we love them and care for them? So it's kind of like a full spectrum exploration of um, everything from the soul to death, the physical world yeah. to conception, conscious conception, um, pregnancy, birth, reclaiming the sacredness of birth, and then also this kind of post-birth exploration of these energies, um, how we can support them and so on. So yeah, it's, it's, oh. I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited to have it out in the world. Um, it's been such a, uh, a pr it's been such a project, you know, that I, okay. that I didn't anticipate um, it being, and just especially like the last six months, I mean, everything has just moved so quickly to get this book out into the world. It's very clear that it needs to be alive right now. So it feels, yeah. It's it like, it's like pushing to get out. Um, and even like against all odds too. It's like with that, you know, people are like that deadline isn't really going to work. And then it's like, I hear back and like, never mind. It's going to, we're going to make it happen. You know, the book is just like, it's, it wants to be here. So I have such chills with you saying that. I feel like there is a big wave of souls coming in 2024, 2025. Is that correct? Yeah. Big so time. I feel like their parents are really needing this material. Just the material. And I, Okay. I have so many questions. Oh my God. Okay. Um, firstly, this is definitely for someone listening. Um, I can feel this. Do you touch on the, the topic of adoption in the book? I actually do. I touch on, yes, I do. I do. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. I do. Okay. Yep. So for whoever is wondering about that adoption will be discussed. I feel like that will be very pivotal for those of you who are either choosing to adopt or who have been adopted. Yeah. Yeah. And then do you mind if I ask you like a bit of like the spiritual process of writing the book? Do you mind if I go into that with you? Okay. Yeah. How, so how were you guided to write this book? Like, was it just an idea, like a download of like, oh, I need to do this. Was it more logical? Like, well, this is what I do. So I'm going to write a book. Like, how did that come about for you? The birth yeah. of it? Great question. And it's funny you ask because I never, I never thought this would be my first book. Like I was going to mm -hmm. actually write like kind of more of a, um, well, I was going to write a couple of books. I was going to kind of write more of a, like a memoir style book, just sort of telling my, my story, my experience and my spiritual awakening and that sort of yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was going to write like a grief centered sort of more mediumship centered book. So those were the two books that I was going to write, which I still think I will write them. Um, yeah. I think it's just like one of many, I'm ready to write many more. Yeah. Um, but this one really came in, um, basically this was like the end of end of 2021. Um, everything always is funny. Like every, I got so many downloads towards like December, like the end of like the end of the year. It's just like, yeah. ping, 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 like next year you're doing this. And it's just, that always happens for me. Um, so it was the end of 2021 and basically was just meditating and came out of the meditation. And my guys were like, uh, you are going to write this book for us now. Um, we need you to basic to put this together, compiling all the information. This is how we want it to be laid out. The, the other thing that is in the book that I didn't mention is that I've just collected a bunch of people's stories right. that I've either I've worked with or, um, or, you know, I've, they're, they're, they've heard about my work somehow or whatever. And so it's like people's stories, these anecdotal stories of like, I, you know, was like totally single and didn't have a partner, but my spirit baby wanted to come in. And I met my partner like totally serendipitously four months later, you know, like stuff like that. Right. So that have these kind of expanding experiences anyway. So they told me like the structure, we want you to take it from, you know, the soul pre-incarnation. Then we want you to take it through kind of like the, 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 the soul and the physical world. And then when you, we want you to take it like through conception and then we want you to add in these channeled chapters and then we nice. want you to 
the stories like they gave me the entire layout of the book basically and so technically like the chapters and everything were laid out even before I started working on it like wow. I knew what each chapter was going to be about and how I was going to kind of follow it through oh beautiful and then I think the logic piece came in afterwards where I was like this makes sense like this right. is like, <laughs> I was asking me these questions and right this makes a lot of sense for me to write this book right now, even though it was kind of like, wow, I can't believe this is going to be my first, like, I was actually kind of surprised, like, this is going to be my first book. Interesting. You know? Um, and they were just like, I think that there will be more additions in the future with more stories. And I'm just yeah. always information. Like I've already thought, like I finished the book. I had to have the manuscript in, in the beginning of February and there's already like four or five more sections that I want to write, which of course I can't now uh, right. I have to for the next edition. So right. um yeah, that's kind of, it was basically all like laid out. And uh, I knew that I had to start writing in um, beginning of like end of March, beginning of April, 2022. They were like, this is when you're going to start. Like I knew the okay. date that I was going to start. Yep. Um, and then they just basically helped me clear my calendar for the entire year so that I could commit to, to, to writing. And so like, wow. yeah, so it was, I would say it, it was, it was, very it was very much orchestrated for me and then even just the timing of like I signed the contract with my publishing company on the eclipse in November and then basically everything has kind of like tied up as of Friday on the eclipse in just this past eclipse. yeah so it's like this eclipse cycle also helped me basically like finish the book tie up all the loose ends put everything together and now it's going to come out after this the Scorpio Taurus kind of eclipse cycle is ending basically so did you sign it during the Scorpio eclipse in, in November, November? interesting because Scorpio is like we were just talking about this before we started recording like the astrological body like genital area and like archetypal it's like death and rebirth and transition and I love this thank you thank you and that's when you realize like it's like you think that it's so funny it's like you think that you're being like so original with your decisions and you're like, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to publish it here. And then you look, you get beyond yourself and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm like pretty much just none of this has been, this is just all like preordained. Like everything yes. is, you know what I mean? It's so funny. Did you ever get like moments of writing it that felt like deja vu of like, oh yes, like I'm at a checkpoint. Like I'm, a, I'm meant to do this. Totally. Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah. It was I like, like, I had, basically it was like oh yeah I remember writing this before I'm like this is the first time I've written this I've never done this before yep. you know? little so. time loops oh oh I love that and the pre-order is available right for it yep they're available I'll have pre-orders open until May 31st okay. so um, people can can get their copy and I'm adding in a bunch of like fun bonuses like baby readings and um I'm doing like a virtual book launch party that's going to be in June at some point for people who pre-order and I'm giving away this cool bracelet that my friend made it's called a spirit baby love bracelet it's got like moonstone amethyst um all kinds of good stuff and there's like discounted tickets for my super conscious conception event if you pre-order so anyway there's there's tons of cool little like bonus um bonus and I'm going to sign all the copies Oh, love that. Yeah. But if people are looking to get digital too, it'll be like to get it on your Kindle or if you're just looking to order off of Amazon, it'll be, um, the book will be out again, um, probably in the, the first week of June, sometime around June 7th or 8th. So, okay. All right. Well, we will definitely have that pre-order link in the description box. If you don't mind sharing that with us, I feel like people definitely want to get their hands on it. Um, a cosmic bond. When I saw that, it's like, yeah, that, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. 
That makes was, sense. You know, the title was the title was very interesting to try and get and grasp. I mean, um, because it's just like I was just covering so much material. It was like, how do you put a name to this this text that is just so Yeah. And, and what came to me actually came, I was um we were my husband and I were driving somewhere. It was the first day of Pisces season. Of course. Uh, hilarious and amazing. And um he just said we we're and he was like, what about I he's like I keep hearing the word bond in my mind and I was like what about at first it was like cosmic bonds and then and then it transformed into a cosmic bond which is this connection between you and the souls of your children is so multi-dimensional it's so cosmic it's so much more than just these are your children and you are their mother it's like you've had you know there, there's there's a very special bond yeah. that's that has maybe existed for you know eons and eons so um or you know maybe this soul is completely new to you and you're just being blown away by how much you can care for and love this soul that's like totally new to you and your family so anyway that's how the title came to be I love it so much. I cannot wait. I'm waiting to order my copy of the week of because I want you on that New York Times bestselling list. So I'm waiting. So people are willing to wait. I also appreciate that because um, when you get orders on the first day, you know, a certain amount of orders on the first day of the book being published, it's, you know, it means some things in the matrix, which I would love to have. I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it. It helps with credibility, validity for the people who are not maybe into the spiritual stuff. They see that and they're like, well, I'll give it a read. I'll give it a glance. And then they're like, oh, shit. And then they're going to be full believers. It'll be fine. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much for coming back and chatting with us and going through the galactic astrology and telling us about a cosmic bond, your book, your debut, not, not novel, your debut book, though. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for you. Is there anything else that you want to share before we kind of wrap it up? I think just coming back quickly to the galactic astrology piece, I think that there are going to be people looking at their chart for the first time and they're going to be like, whoa, what is this thing? You know, like what's going on? There's so much information. And, you know, um, especially if you're like newer to astrology and you're like, what's a conjunction and what's an opposition and what does sectile mean? And, you know, um, what's an orb and all these things like the chart may be just confusing. And so just like start, basics like start easy I probably will start be doing some readings in the future too I just don't have time right now I was like I'm gonna do readings and like told everybody about then I looked at my calendar I was like never mind that (laughs) I'll probably start opening some up this summer but um but anyway, just like go slow and it's, it's totally coded. Like you will just get, you'll get new information every time you look at your chart. Yeah. I have, you know, looked at my chart many times um, over the last, like since I, since I learned about it eight or nine months ago and I learned something new or I'm like, have a soul remembrance. I was like, oh yeah, yes. I remember what I was doing, you know, or how that comes in or like I traveled here while I was in my incarnation on Pleiades or whatever. Um, yeah. So just know that it's coded and it'll come in time. Um with the galactic astrology that's the last thing I want to say just to put a bookend on that part I love it thank you so much back. oh literally anytime I love these conversations we have they're so high vibe and I always feel like I don't know it just feels like we're not on the planet when we're having them sometimes (laughs) I know it's nice right it's like oh this was a vacation I was just about to say that it feels like I just went on vacation I'm like good now for a little while (laughs) good I know I feel re-energized going back into you know matrix life so yeah 
earth life. So I will leave all of M's links below so you can connect with her, the pre-order link for her book, A Cosmic Bond, and all of her socials and everything like that. And as per usual, you guys, go be your divine self this week. You got this. I love you. And I'll see you in the next one.